on stage leading a worship set, we're throwing our whole selves into it. We can, especially me, I can talk on stage as though I love talking and it's what I do all day. But honestly, I'm probably the most quiet person in the band. I'm the one you'll see the least of. If you see me, I'm probably like guzzling coffee and looking at dogs on Instagram. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number 86 of the Between You and Me podcast, the place where we talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jess Morris. I am an Aussie music journalist. And today it is my absolute privilege to talk to, I think it's fair to say a Christian mega band. It's like I am they are one of the biggest bands in Christian music right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I am they. Today I'm speaking to one of the co-lead singers, Abby Parker, about their latest album, Faithful God. And this is really something special. Please, even if you're not into Christian music, hold fast with me, my friends. Abby is a gem. These conversations are awesome. And once you hear the stories behind the music, I think they'll really resonate with you. Now, before we dive any further, this episode is sponsored by our friends at JesusWired.com, your number one source for Christian music, interviews, reviews, and news. It is so hard to get that out every week. You have no idea. Anyway, here we are, our latest episode with Abby Parker of I Am They, and I am so grateful that Abby opened up to me her conversation about how her band facilitates really healthy community and healing um, and how they've worked through like their own stories and struggles to come to a healthy place where they can actually share that in their music is really profound. And it works perfectly for our Better Together mini-series, where over the last months and over the next few weeks, we are talking to musicians about what it actually means to lean in to learn and grow so that we can better love people outside of us, whether it's cultivating better community in a marriage, in a band, by addressing inequality, you get the idea. Anything that makes us look beyond ourselves. And I Am They do that in abundance Their band name is literally all about being a people who follow God, choosing to follow something bigger than themselves. And this conversation really amplifies that. Beyond that, Abby actually dives straight into a personal story. Like this is a really short, sharp, sweet interview, but that's because Abby answered my questions so well. Straight away, I ask her who she is and she goes, well, this is a story of how I joined the band. I was going through a divorce and I left that career behind and this happened and I was quite stunned because those are taboos in Christian music. And yet here we have someone from one of the most successful Christian bands right now talking about honest things. And I soon learned that that is something, somewhat of a trademark for I Am They. And it's really exciting that we are seeing that in Christian music. So for people who have never heard the show before, a reminder, you're about to get a quick bio, the who, what, when, where, why, as every journalist says, of this band. And then we're going to dive straight into the interview with Abby Parker. You'll get to hear some of the great music from the new album, Faithful God, as well. Get ready, friends. This is a little bit more about I Am They. Today, I Am They are one of the biggest pop worship bands in the world, currently consisting of Matt Hain, Abby Parker, Brandon Chase, Justin Shin, and Nicole Hickman. They are well-loved and you hear them on K-Love all the time. Yet, the band didn't start this way. In fact, when they did start in 2008, it had a very different lineup. See, at the time, they were simply a bunch of musicians from various churches in Carson City, Nevada, who wanted to lead their community in worship. Initially, the band was named Solomon's Porch and they won a competition to open for Matthew West. Yes, that Matthew West. In the process, they chose to change their name and they actually started writing their own material. Come 2013, the quality of the group shone through. I Am They were signed to Provident Label Group and they dropped their debut self-titled album in 2014. It peaked at number 10 on the Christian charts and it catapulted them to dwell with some of the biggest movers and shakers in Christian music. They shared a tour bill with Mercy Me, our friend David Crowder and Group One Crew, and then they joined Matt Ma on the Saints and Sinners tour. 
And if it wasn't already clear they had made it, quote unquote, in Christian music, the group won a Dove Award the following year. And to top it off, their song Amen was featured on the soundtrack of the Christian feature film War Room. Now, as I Am Vague rose in prominence, their inner workings began to change. And current co-lead singer Abby Parker joined the group in March 2016. It coincided with the single Make Away, which actually featured Abby's vocals and was followed by the Resting Place EP the next year. Their sophomore album, Trial and Triumph, followed, and it was filled with honest songs about the members' own journeys through divorce, multiple addictions, fear and trials. Their single, Scars, showed their commitment to raw storytelling in Christian music. Big deal. And they reached number four on the Christian charts with the single. This spirit of honest storytelling defined the album, and it made it clear that I Am They was a band committed to honest and vulnerable storytelling, foregoing a taboos in a commitment to facilitate honest community among each other and the wider church. They went on to release a version of The Water Meant For Me with David Leonard of All Sons and Daughters that same year. Now, after dappling covers of worship songs like Corey Asbury's Reckless Love and Mosaic MSC's Tremble, the band returned in 2020 with the promise of a new album. Obviously, a global pandemic put a spanner in the works. However, even without the ability to tour, I Am They dropped the album, which is aptly titled Faithful God, in October 2020. Following the depth and complexity of their sophomore album, this one was actually full of celebration as the band embraced the lightness of healing and recovery, all the while still grappling with topics like death, doubt and pain. The single Faith for God has set them up to tour once COVID restrictions actually ease in the coming few years. I had the privilege of speaking to one of I Am They's lead singers, Abby Parker. Uh, she talked to me about how she joined the band, I Am They, how she and her bandmates have grappled with their own healing separately and together, why they choose to prioritise community, and what it actually means to be your scars and stories with health, grace and power. This is just a wonderful interview. My friends, meet Abby Parker of I Am They. For people who have never met you personally, who is Abby Parker? Um, well, I am one fifth of the band I Am They, and I am an Illinois native. I am 36. I am a wife and a bonus mom and a dog mom, and I live in Nashville. And I sing and write songs and, uh, and perform music and lead worship all the time. Yeah, nice. And how did you get to this point with I Am They? Because you guys have been rec- well, re- publicly releasing music for at least like six years now. Um, so <laughs> in a, briefly, can you tell me, how did you get to this point where you became a really quite well-known Christian artist. Like that's not an easy path to take. It It is, um, it's been a circuitous path. And I think the only way I can accurately describe it is, is in the words of my friend, John Guerra, a career in music only makes sense for your view. So only looking into the past and seeing, um, being able to have more an analytical view of how you got where you are is the only way it makes sense. Because if you start at the beginning and say, here's what I want to do, here's what I want to be, there's no such thing as steps A through Z. And um, it's not a linear logical process as some other careers are. You know, you go to you go to graduate high school and maybe you go to college or a technical school and then you start out in a you know, sort of a training position to move up and up and up. In music, it's very different. And I would say in ministry, it's especially different as well. So it happens to be um, a calling, I think, whenever you're doing this kind of work. And the calling, I feel like, is stronger than any specific goal with it. And so if you if you are loyal and faithful to what you feel called to do, I think wherever you end up is going to be exactly what you're supposed to do. And um, for me and for many members of my band, we all had different careers and different lives prior to doing this. Um, We worked in cubicles. Um, We've been through a lot of different life changes and life situations. And, um, And ultimately, it was my biggest life change that led me to Nashville. Um, I was married and had gotten divorced and decided to start my life over. I moved to Nashville thinking, if this is what I'm called to do, then this is just where I'm going to be. Whatever happens, happens. And after about a year of of 
you know, sort of fearfully treading out into the music scene, I got a random call from um, a band that was looking for a female singer. They had been signed, their female singer um, had left and they were like, would you be willing to come out and fill in for her? And, you know, I dropped everything and thought this is the kind of opportunity that probably is not going to come along again, if at all. I was 32, I guess, at the time, 31, 32, and thinking, okay, I'm going to grab this and hold on for everything I've got and see what happens. And it ended up um, vaulting me into the most joyous and fulfilling season of my life, especially coming from one where everything felt dark and hopeless. Um, it was just that willingness, that that vulnerability and, and the desire to just say, God, whatever you have for me, I'm here. I'm here for this. If you wanna make something of it, use me. If not, I'm cool too. So it's been an amazing journey. darkest hour in my desperate place where I least expect you found me there oh you broke my fall and you heard my call from the deepest depths you found me there I've seen amazing grace and I'll never be the same I know that like this is part of your story and you share but thank you for being so honest um even like sharing your path and being divorced and moving and that is is a really normal part of life but we just don't talk about it weirdly mm. <laughs> um but I, I appreciate that honesty um and I, I just really wanted to recognize how hard and mu how much hard work you must have done and, and be doing to get to this point to even talk about that publicly because that's so personal I appreciate that there were years when I wasn't willing to talk about it and when I was doing that kind of heart work and um but I think through life experience and through a lot of um therapy and through the blessings of the band and friends and community, I, I got to a point where I felt that not only do I have permission to talk about this and it may be healing for myself, but it might be healing and helpful for other people too. And um, the, as a band, we kind of decided at one point in time, what if we're the band that tells the truth about who we are and what we've been through, um, which was I will tell you scary at first because we're maybe not um, the the typical <laughs> perfect life Christians as, as probably most people would assume of worship leaders. But what we found after doing that um, is that, the, you know, people, whether you're Christian or Muslim or believer or non-believer, we're humans, you know, we're, we all encounter difficult things in life. And the thing that um, breaks down barriers better than anything else is being honest about our own journey so that then other people have the ability to say, oh, me too. There's, I think those are the po most powerful two words in the English language is me too. Because suddenly you have camaraderie, you have an understanding, you start to have empathy. And and I think, man, that's, that's what we're called to do as Christians too, at least. I, t I take that as a serious part of my faith is just being... Um, honest about my own path and hopefully providing the opportunity for other people to be honest about theirs so that we can come um, with vulnerability. And, and it takes being vulnerability to create something authentic. I love that. That is so true. That's so, so good. And it's always, it was so refreshing to hear that. It's true. It's just, it's just a, as a, as a journalist and someone who loves telling stories, I couldn't ask for anything more. I love that. Um, so you guys released the album 
faithful God. Hang on. Yep, got it right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check Nailed it. Um, you, you released the album Faithful God during COVID-19, during 2020, the year of, without words. Um, what, what did it mean for you to release an album about God's faithfulness in a year where globally, and for a lot of us personally, everything felt like it was falling apart? It really did. I love that question. And I can't help but feel that this album was meant for this year. Um, We found that we wrote most of the songs, actually all the songs, right before um, quarantine and right before the world kind of shut down. And we recorded them in quarantine, which was a really unique process in and of itself. But what we found as we were recording the album was that these songs that we'd written in sort of um, abstract terms or written maybe about a someone's specific life situation or faith journey took on a new meaning um, now that the entire landscape of the world and our individual lives had been upended. And I think that's maybe the most compelling thing about um, a song that's honest is that even if you wrote it about one topic, if if the character of that song is true, honest, vulnerable, relevant, then it's going to um, carry through and be applicable to other people and other times and other situations. So, um, for example, that song, Faithful God, which is the name of the, the first song we released off the same, the album of the same name, was written about one specific person, one friend of ours who was battling a cancer journey and her faithfulness in that time of just the worst possible personal news. And as we got to sing it a couple times in public throughout the the year, we could see that land on people in personal ways, whether it was relating to the pandemic or some other personal situation that was going on in their lives. Um, I think that's been that's been the blessing of this year. And while we would normally have loved to tour a lot and share this music in person with a lot of people, thankfully, we're, you know, technology has allowed us to share some um, just like this and, and interview or, or concerts online. And we're looking forward to, to sharing it more in the next year and just hearing kind of how those how those songs have resonated and um, how they've how they've maybe met something different and something personal to people in the time of COVID. I am surrounded on every side. Can't see the light of day, but I am persuaded beyond all hope. You won't let go of me. I stake my Are you a creator? Do you like creating fancy slideshows for church? Or maybe you're a videographer, a podcaster like me. Maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs. That is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout, and you will get 10% off. You're welcome.
Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love? Nearly equally as much as good music. I love a good band tea. And I love a good nostalgic band tea, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our t-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com and hit the shop button. Is there a song that particularly stands out to you? that has I don't know how I phrase it like it 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 really requires something of you to sing it every time because it hits so deep um gosh from this no I love it I love it from this record I don't know if we've been able to perform the songs enough times to feel that I know from our last record there's a song called scars which feels very personal to me um and that's one that kind of harkens back to our individual stories and just saying, look, we're willing to bear our own scars. And the whole idea is that when Jesus um, arose, he he came with his scars, with his wounds intact. And he didn't hide those. He didn't pretend that there was no no scar, no blemish on him. And metaphorically, we can apply that to our own lives, our own stories and say, you know, these these scars aren't a story of death. They're a story of life. They're a story of resurrection. They're a story of something new happening, you know, so where a story like my divorce or um, another one of our band member had um, a drug addiction, another one had a pornography addiction. Suddenly, instead of hiding those things in the dark where shame can take hold and create a, a, a really powerful negative narrative around those, we can bring those out to the light and say, look, here's what I've been through. And we believe as Christians that God can use these things for redemption. Um, So every time we play that song, I find myself almost every time crying as I think about what my life looks like now on the other side of what I thought was the end of my happiness and my hope and my future and being able to sit there at the piano every night and sing these songs like I'm thankful for the scars I'm thankful for the end of a marriage the beginning of a new one the the end of my life living in the same place I always did the beginning of a new journey in Nashville the the end of a dream of accomplishing music on my own and the beginning of a dream of being a worship leader and leading others in music. So that's, that's one that hits me every time. And I, I don't think that'll ever change. That's incredible. How do you get to a point um, like personally, each personally and as a band where you have all worked through and are working through your own stuff and everyday life and it comes out in your music but where do you get to a point where you go I or we are now ready to share that with the public like you've you've guarded it and you've done the work and you like how do you know that it's safe for you now and that it could actually yeah. be really fulfilling for other people to share that mm. I love that question because it is um the more therapy I've been in and the more <laughs> psychology books I've written and just the more life experience I've had, I know um, the the power of vulnerability, but also the courage that that takes. And we also need to um, do it in a way that's honoring to our own mental health going forward. So what I love most about our band is that we're all extreme proponents of each other. Um, our our care for each other extends into our personal lives and our faith journeys and our mental health and our physical health. And there's, there's never a point where any of us have felt um, uncomfortable in sharing anything about ourselves. 
And so at the point at which we kind of, I remember the two, we were sitting together at a table talking about our next record and um, what did we want the takeaway to be? We knew we had told each other all of our stories and the the few people in our lives that have heard them um, had had been entrusted to share those. And we thought, what if we entrust each other to share those as well? So that's why I feel um, empowered to share these stories. We all, we all feel empowered to talk about each other's journeys. Um, but I will say the most, the most, um, the only thing that makes that possible is this extreme trust in each other. And that takes some time to develop. Our band has been together for 12 years now, only been touring and recording for five years. And in the five years that I've been in the band, it, it really, we've, we've come so far in trusting each other and being open and vulnerable. We've had hard conversations. We haven't stepped away from each other. We've been to group therapy. We've been to one-on-one therapy. If we're having an issue with another band member, you know, we, when we travel, we're on a tiny little sprinter van together, or sometimes a tour bus with a bunch of other people. And it's almost like forced family. You're there. You love each other. We're having the best time of our lives, but also someone annoys you every single minute of the day. And you know, what are you going to do about that? So something that helped us a lot was honestly taking the, um, I know it's kind of trendy, but taking the Enneagram evaluation oh, yes. and figuring out Yep. What number we each are. And that gave us each so much grace for each other, because now instead of, you know, someone not making a decision, it's just because they are the peacemaker. They don't want to, you know, upend things or someone sitting and analyzing. Well, that's because I'm a five. I, I love information. You always give me information or someone not focusing on the numbers because they're writing a song over there. Well, they're four. They're the creative type. You know, so suddenly instead of going, ah, you're just like, oh, okay. What they bring is value. They have something that I don't have. And thank goodness, because if we were all exactly the same, this would not work. So there are five people in our band. We are five different, completely different personality types, but we have grace for each other in that. And it has been uh, completely necessary and a completely life-changing and ministry-changing for us to realize that about ourselves and each other. There is mercy that won't run dry. There is a kindness that never dies. It is deep. It is wide. There is mercy that won't run dry. Taste and see. Oh, taste and see. Come incredible oh i've i have never heard of a band with like five distinct five distinct personalities what a learning curve but that explains why you're able to create such rich diverse sounding music that is so authentic because you all bring your own your own personality your own journey to it and it sort of comes together that's really really cool I think it does. And that spans from even the very beginning of the band, which I wasn't even around for, but this band started as um, five different people from five different churches even. So they wanted to come, they wanted to bring their community together for one night of worship. They didn't even have enough skilled musicians in one church to put together a whole band for a three hour worship set. So you have people coming from different denominations and laying aside your differences or deciding you know what, these things don't matter, but what we're here to do is be unified in worship, to bring our gifts. And that's that spirit of unity is the thing I think that has carried over and given us grace through all of our differences as well. And it's become sort of our, um, our mission statement as a band, as a ministry to, to um, have unity among ourselves and to foster unity among the body of believers at large. We need that. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> They're the set questions I have. I have some popcorn ones. Is there anything I've missed about 
the album or anything else that you wanted to mention or talk about? Um, I would just love to talk about this album in general, the album Faithful God. Um, gosh, there's so many songs I love on it. One in particular is feels like a full, a full circle moment for the band because we got to write it with Matthew West. And that was one of the band's first um, official shows was opening up for Matthew West when he came to their town. And they they won some sort of contest or something where the prize was opening for Matthew West. And they thought, if we're going to do that, we should probably write some of our own songs. Because at this point, we were just, you know, covering Hillsong and whatever other, you know, song we love leading in worship. So... Um, they got to open for Matthew West and then full circle 10 years later, we got to tour with him through that formed a friendship with him and then wrote a song with him. Um, and then when it came time to record the song, we just thought we can't really do that. We, we can't do this without him. <laughs> so he came on and he actually sang on that song with us. And I just think it brought a spirit to it. And it, it was kind of one of those sweet moments of seeing God sort of give a little peek of something that could happen in the future and then getting to show us that full circle moment later on. Plus, Matthew West is the funniest human I've ever met. He's so sweet. He came to the studio with a like two dozen of cookies that his wife had just baked. Like it was just an incredible experience. So I really love that song. That song with him is called Found My Freedom. Um, there's one called Promises that I really love as well. It's very upbeat. It feels like um, if if my mom were to have like a Christian workout music playlist, this would probably be number one on that. Um, or if I, you know, if you're doing step aerobics and you just need a little uh, spiritual boost, this this one is that. Um, there are there's some heartstring songs like uh, "Lift My Eyes," which which the um, the opening line of that is, "I've never asked these questions. Um, I've never felt so broken. Oh God, where are you now? Like, or where what where, where do I go now? What do I do now?" And it's just that vulnerability of coming to the table and saying, I've, you know, so far in my life, my faith has carried me through. It's been good times, but here I am in the middle of a situation that I've never faced before. And like, where are you, God? What are you doing? And then the, the um, reminder in the chorus is just, I lift my eyes to heaven and remember where I'm from. You know, it's just sort of that I lift my weary hands and let my father pick me up. Um, more than answers, more than healing, God, your presence is enough. I lift my eyes to heaven and remember you're still where my help comes from. So those are those are some of my favorite songs off the record. I cannot wait until we are out on the road and leading those in worship and sharing those with people. Um, I can't come soon enough. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's gorgeous. I was listening to the album before we talked and I, I heard the first, like the start of that. And I was like, oh, like, just because it resonates so much. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, like, thank you for you and the band for doing that, for putting together songs like that, where you push into your own hard stuff to share that. Because um, it gives a soundtrack to the mums doing step aerobics and to, and to the people in Nashville doing the music stuff. It's really great. Yeah. Well, you know, we try to, we try to cover it all. Honestly, what ends up happening every time we make a record is we just try to pick our favorite from maybe 30 songs and try to whittle that down to 10 and think, you know, you're trying to think of energy throughout the record i don't even know if people listen to albums front to back anymore i but. love doing that it's like the only way to like really get a full record right yes right. Yeah. instead of just listening to a playlist which is amazing but it's you're kind of popcorning around when you listen to an album you sort of get um the breadth the, the span of an artist's ability and their thoughts and I, i'm just not sure that um the depth of what an artist has to offer and what an artist wants to communicate can always be reached in one song. So I just am completely honored that we had the opportunity to release a third record, a record in the time of a pandemic, a record that we haven't gotten to tour yet, a record that most people haven't heard yet. So um, yeah, I just, I'm chomping at the bit to get these songs out into the world. 
has me surrounded But I feel your love pulling me close Doubt has me in darkness But I know you're here in the unknown Cause I've been face to face with defeat But each time you brought me the victory So I'm holding on to hope questions just random things i had no place to ask basically okay um number one what is your funniest moment from when you were on tour oh my gosh we've had a lot of odd moments um funniest i would say only in hindsight is it funny but we had one tour that ended abruptly when the tour bus burned to the ground. I heard uh, about this. Right oh. before a show started. And the only way I can say it's funny is that we had a brand new band member. It was her maybe second show with us. She was our drummer, Nicole. And she brought so much energy and life to us in a moment of crisis. And she literally created... Um, a pros and cons list of that short-lived tour and all the way down to when the bus burned down we had no way to get back to Nashville so we had to rent cars and the only car left was this brand new Camaro and so we got to drive this crazy orange Camaro all the way back down to Nashville you know just one of those it's, it's having someone in your group that can take the lemons and turn them into lemonade or at least once you've all looked at each other and said, this sucks, someone is there to be like, but remember this, you know, it kind of, it, that's been invaluable throughout all of our band experiences to, is to have someone like that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, what is the biggest misconception people have about the band IMA? I like that question. That takes a little bit of um of stepping outside of ourselves. <laughs> I would think a lot of people ask if any of us are related, we're not. Um, I really, I can't imagine. I really don't know what people think about us. What I do love about us is that we're, we're very low key people in, in general. We're not huge um, personalities. We don't have any, any Enneagram sevens in the band, any one who's always out there looking for a good time and having a party and planning a, you know, some crazy trip or something. We're, we're all pretty low key people, but I think it might surprise, that might surprise people because once we are um, on stage leading a worship set, we're throwing our whole selves into it. We can, especially me, I can talk on stage as though I love talking and it's what I do all day. But honestly, I'm probably the most quiet person in the band. I'm the one you'll see the least of. If you see me, I'm probably like guzzling coffee and looking at dogs on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like I, we have that in common. Yep, I get that. All right, we would be, we would be friends. Um, so I think that's that might be a misconception is that what you see on stage is is what we're like all the time. But the truth is, at least for me, I save up all my energy and all my intention so that everything I possibly have, I can pour into um, making a great experience for people. Yeah. 
And thank you for saving up so much of the energy for a media interview with someone you've never met before. <laughs> I'm, I'm a six with a five wing and my mum okay. is a five. So I have a slight understanding of how much this takes. Thank you, you so much. No, 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 you're making it so easy and enjoyable. I could do this for hours. <laughs> it's very kind of you. One more question and I can promise you can collapse with your dog and coffee. Sure. <laughs> if you could go back in time to the day you first moved to Nashville and you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on with your life and where God is in it, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now? Uh, it might sound cheesy, but I would say God is faithful. Um, you are not forgotten and this is not the end. There certainly was a time I, I moved to Nashville. I didn't know a single person. I moved in with two strangers who were in their twenties and I was in my thirties and, um, there were definitely nights, you know, I cried myself to sleep thinking I, I can't see any of the dreams that I had for my own life coming to fruition at this point. And I do wish I could go back and tell my former self, God hasn't forgotten about you. And those dreams and desires that he's planted in your heart are there for a reason. And even if they so far haven't happened in the order or in the manner in which you expected maybe they should, that doesn't mean that they're not going to happen. And I told, I told all my friends, my therapists, my parents, my family, I'm never getting married again. I am not interested in that. I'm on my own. I, I adopted a dog. You know what I mean? I was like, this is me now. I have, this is my life. And then unexpectedly, I found someone who had a really similar journey to me. I met my husband and he had, he was a Christian musician as well. And he had been divorced. And when we met, it felt like, oh, this is almost even more sacred because we've both sort of been to the bottom on our own. Um, experience the humility and the life-changing um life-changing aspect of of sort of bottoming out all all your dreams all your hopes your life path just veering completely off course and then to show up and say well this is the truth about me and then someone says well here's the truth about me and you think oh my gosh <laughs> Me too. You know, we have that in common. And then now we're both at a place where we feel like this is this is the path that God wanted us on. We both can honor each other's past, knowing that what we have now is so much more sacred, so much more special, so much more meaningful because of what we've both come through. that interview to edit and produce it was such a gift because Abby has such a way of she speaks gently and with truth and she just tells a story as it is and there's something so powerful in that there's something so powerful about the way she not only owns her space and her story but she has come to peace with that 
And that really brings a sense of recovery and healing. Like it can happen even beyond here in the band. Like that could actually happen in in our community, in the city of Nashville, in Christian music. That's really cool. It makes me so excited that this is the type of healing that is going on in Christian music right now. For all all the stones that we throw at it, all the quirks that it has, all all the times I make fun of it on here, even though this is a Christian music podcast, there is something really beautiful and powerful and real and honest that is happening in so many artists right now because they want to tell real stories. They want to grapple with what it really means to love, believe, follow God, and they want to share that with people. And it's actually some of those stories are actually starting to sell now. Like people are actually allowed to start broaching these topics without getting a slap on the wrist. That's not to say people haven't gone before us or gone before them and paved the way and dealt with ramifications of it. But it's exciting to see. We're starting to see a transition. We're starting to see a shift. Even the fact that some weeks ago now, Grace Baldridge's Preacher's Kid EP like did really well on the Christian charts and beat Lauren Daigle. The fact that we can now have conversations in Christian music, that people are buying that music, huge huge it means that one christian radio is beginning to play some of it but two even when christian radio like uh evangelical christian radio isn't playing all of the music consumers are buying it and streaming it and listening to it and supporting it that is huge can you sense the shift in the church right now not just the evangelical church but in in the way we are approaching faith-based music in the way it is infiltrating how creatives do their work it is so good there is so much hope there there is honesty there and there's honesty to be found and so many people are pursuing that and i just tip my hat to abby and to the team at ima i just think it's phenomenal how they have been able to work through their own stuff And they've actually come to a place where they can healthily share it with the world to better others. Isn't that the aim? It's just amazing. I just thank you guys. Thank you for your music. Thank you for giving us something that's poppy and happy and fun and bubbly, but with so much substance. Thank you. It was just a privilege to host that conversation, Abby. And uh, whenever I am they get back on the road, go and see them. I think it's going to be a real good time. You can get I Am May's album, Faithful God, now on all streaming platforms. You can also connect with them online and let them know how much you loved hearing this episode. Connect with I Am They at, ready, I Am They. You're welcome. And you can also find them on their website at, at IamThey.com. On that note, if you have any friends who you think would love this conversation, maybe they've been through divorce themselves or they've sort of like had a really big detour in their life a bit like Abby, would you consider sending this to them just to encourage them or be like, hey, there's someone else. I, I had got so much hope from Abby's story. We live, we live vastly different lives, but the way that, that her journey came onto this path, this unexpected path and something beautiful and honest and life-giving has come out of it is so hope-filled for me. It's so good for my heart in a world at the moment that feels like it's on hold because of COVID. So thank you, Abby. Some of you are probably going, hey, Jessica, last week you promised us an episode with Ross King to talk about white privilege. You are correct, my friends. I did promise you that. And I promise you we are going to have that conversation. You know I love talking about hard, difficult things. Why would I forgo that? Anyway, our friend Ross is going to be with us next week. We just had some scheduling difficulties. But Ross King will be with us next week for a very important episode of our Better Together mini-series. So make sure that you have pressed subscribe on whatever podcast streaming platform you are on. And if you have enjoyed what you heard today, please consider giving us a rating and sharing this with a friend. As I said before, we want these people's stories to be amplified. We want people to hear the stories behind the music they love or to discover great music. Um, And it's really, really cool that we can do this as a family. 
Now, if you have any thoughts or opinions on today's episode, please contact me, Jessica Morris. We are at betweenyouandmepod.com or you can find us on social media at betweenyoumepod. Would love to connect with you on there. Send me guest artist ideas, story ideas, thoughts on your favorite music, on what you're liking or not liking. I would love to hear them. Now, I will see you folks next week for the next segment of our Better Together series with our buddy Ross King. Until then, take a deep breath. We're going to make it. Hold fast, my friends. Here's to hope. Crown.